This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. This week's podcast is brought to you by BHP. Copper is a big deal in the energy transition because it's used to make electric vehicles, wind turbines and solar panels. When it comes to producing copper responsibly, it's happening now at BHP. Saturday Squeeze is your shortcut to being informed weekend style. I'm Kate Watson. And I'm Claire Kimball. This week, Claire, we go from Matildas to regional security to the biggest Indigenous festival in the country to the Logies. Yep, Australian TV's daggy night of nights. And Kate, you're going to tell us a bit about the importance of taking a deep breath. Deep breath, the deepest breath, in fact. (laughs) And some people will know what I'm alluding to. Let's get into it. Most clicked link out of the Squeeze Today newsletter this week, Claire, was the story of retiree Carmel Ash. She found a 424-carat sapphire when she was walking in Queensland's gem fields. I didn't know anything about these gem fields. (laughs) Yeah, so this was back in 2020 that she did that. Um, The story was about that area, and Kate, I know you've got questions. I do have – well, I just didn't realise – that this was possible. And I guess it isn't that possible. She's done a remarkable thing. Yeah. Um, There are places where you can wander around and find this stuff. Yeah. So in this case, the area is in central Queensland. And to give it away, there are towns called Emerald, Sapphire, (laughs) Ruby Vale. So it is a bit of a region of riches. And it's not the only place where you can find precious stones in Australia, but it's a centre for caravanners. And also for retirees, as you can imagine, they come and have a fossic. Isn't that just a grey nomad? Caravanners <laughs> and retirees, that's grey nomads, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'm just picking up the terms that we used in this very informative article. Okay, so. okay, all right. Well, grey nomads, are the people you'll find hanging out there, what a find. Congratulations, Carmel, and yeah. I hope you're a squeezer. Imagine if she was listening. Oh, that Wouldn't would that be, be great? That'd be great. That'd be really good. Um, the biggest story this week was the Women's World Cup, the Matildas, Claire, you and I had a chat about the fact that we've talked a lot about sport lately. Mm. We concluded that it was impossible not to, <laughs> given the the embarrassment, I guess, of events yeah. happening lately. There's so much going on. We wouldn't be doing our job if we didn't. No, because these are big news stories. They mm. are dominating the headlines. We do aim to give you a really good reflection of what's in the news. So you've got the talking points to pick it up with the people around you. Matilda's it is then. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's do it. Um, their run of injuries has made them one of the biggest stories of the week. Of course, we know Sam Kerr is out with a calf injury. Gone. My favourite, Mary Fowler. I know. I'm sorry about that. Yeah. So she was ruled out of that game against Nigeria. Uh, Of course, we had that disappointing loss against Nigeria on Thursday night. Uh, The fallout is really focused on Gustafsson's game plan, uh, not substituting a Matilda's attacker for a defender when they were fighting off Nigeria. Of course, we lost 3-2. So there's lots of talk that another Matilda's defender would have been really handy. So there is a lot of talk about him. Um, And Kate, the Matildas versus Canada, that's on Monday night in Melbourne. It's going to be huge. Oh, 
right behind them. Yeah. Please let them get further than they've ever been before. <laughs> um, a bit of an across the ditch theme this week, um, just to, to continue on this. Let's have a chat about New Zealand. Of course, heaps of matches are being played over there. Mm. This World Cup is being hosted by Australia and New Zealand. Interesting to read. I feel like the build up in Australia, tickets sold really well. The hype's been there. You know, it was really well taken up by the public, even mm. ahead of the start of the World Cup. Not so much in New Zealand. It was a bit of a slow build. Yeah, and New Zealand isn't known for their great soccer prowess. I guess Australia hasn't <laughs> really Australia. been either. But <laughs> the football ferns, as they're called, ranked 26 in the world. They had a real rush of interest in this tournament after the ferns beat Norway 1-0. Um, Norway's ranked 12th in the world. So really good to see that after that, a rush of attention and a rush of interest. So their target was 500,000 ticket sales for the whole event. They've hit that now. Kind of, Claire, for me, it's like, well, once people start being winners, do people get behind <laughs> it? But I guess that's actually not the story of this World Cup. The story of this World Cup is that people are attending and attending in droves. Yeah, there's a lot of support for it. So um, plenty of sports, of course, winners are grinners. But mm. it really is a sustained tournament, this one, over a month. Um, Italy versus Argentina, that was played at Eden Park in New Zealand on Monday night. 32,000 people went along, so not a Kiwi team in sight. Yeah. Um, here in Australia, FIFA says that we're already seeing average match attendance of more than 30,000 as well. 30,326 people average at every match. So far, it's epic. Come on, the Matildas. So the Matildas are the biggest story this week and one of the things that Anthony Albanese talked to Chris Hipkins about when he was over in New Zealand this week continuing our theme of Across the Ditch was the World Cup. But... They talked about other stuff as well, some pretty important things. Yeah, some really big things. Australia and New Zealand have annual talks between the leaders. Mm. So Anthony Albanese, it was his turn to head over in that direction in all of the trips that he's done since becoming Prime Minister. And we've talked in the past about them being many, many trips because mm. there's been lots of big international events. He hadn't made his way to New Zealand. Uh, Chris Hipkins, who is the Kiwi Prime Minister, he's facing a general election in a matter of weeks. So it really oh. was was the time to go and have that in-person talk in New Zealand. Uh, Hipkins, of course, uh, as Anthony Albanese is, there's a lot of focus on China. Yeah, I, th I feel like we're back to talking about the region in yeah. a very big way this week because um, what they did was release a joint statement that had a fair bit of stuff in it, mm. but specifically talked about the Solomon Islands. So the context here is that the Solomon Islands, for those who may not know, is only 2,000 kilometres from Australia. Back in 2019, they severed diplomatic ties with Taiwan in favour of China and there's been a cascading events from there. Mm. Early last year, the Solomon Islands and China signed a security pact mm. and more recently they've signed a police agreement with China. Yeah, and look, it's right in the weeds, but these are really big events that are happening and mm. they're happening in our region and in our region where New Zealand and Australia really have been the guiding light for support for our Pacific family. So the fact that China is sort of in that space now is a concern and we've talked about that quite a bit over the last 12 months or so. Um, China is looking to provide assistance to the Solomon Islands when it comes to that police agreement with its law enforcement capacity. The rest is a bit of a mystery. Yeah. So, of course, it raises the question of about troops and police and authority in a nation where 
products in our backyard. That's right. They've also got the Chinese company Huawei building a cell network there, so yeah. a cellular network, and the Chinese there are also redeveloping the port in the capital Honiara. Mm. The Prime Minister of the Solomon Islands, Claire, also recently visited China. Yep. It's pretty obvious the relationship is troubling. Yeah. Not only for the leaders here, though. So it was a topic of conversation for Albanese and Hipkins when he was over there. But Antony Blinken, mm. the US Secretary of State, is in Australia as we speak. On his way over here, he actually stopped in Tonga. Yeah. Tonga's heavily indebted to Beijing as well. Mm. So it's an interesting dialogue. And of course, America is very interested in this because it is that sort of stepping stone when it comes to influence. We are in a really strategic space. It's not that US has a particular interest in Tonga other than its strategic and regional importance. So they're putting in a lot of effort to get the Secretary of State to go to Tonga for talks mm. with their Prime Minister is quite a thing. Uh, of course, just in the hours after that, the Tongan Prime Minister jumped on ABC and had a chat about it. So they're pretty accessible people and these are really big talks that they're having with the big powers. So I guess the thing to look out for here is that the US is opening embassies in many of these Pacific countries and we can expect to see officials from the US doing the rounds of those nations uh, across the coming months, years, mm. wherever, however long this may go on. It's pretty serious stuff. Yep, it is and it's not going away. Coming up this week, Parliament is back. Claire, I'm sure you're thrilled. I am. <laughs> Towards the week also, it's the Gama Festival. So we wanted to step through what Gama's all about. Yeah, so you're going to see Gama thrown around mm. in the news quite a bit this week. And what it is, it's an annual event that's held in northeast Arnhem Land uh, at a site that's about four kilometres from Nullumboy. It's on the Gove Peninsula in the Northern Territory. It is literally in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. You need to get a map out to have a look at where this place is. I've been there, been lucky enough to go to Gama. Mm. It's spectacular. It's very remote, as I said. It's put on by the Yothu Yindi Foundation. It's the largest Indigenous gathering in the country. It's mm. run for four days. Claire, it's a mix of arts, culture and advocacy. The advocacy point is the one you're likely to see in the news. Yeah, so the Prime Minister usually attends, for example. That's how important it is and mm. they usually speak as well. Um, the Gama really is this sort of festival to discuss ideas and have conversations and really put Indigenous Australians at the centre of that conversation. So there's usually a fair bit in the news that comes out of that. And of course, the upcoming referendum on the voice to parliament is going to be front of mind this year. Yes, of course. Anthony Albanese has already ruled out announcing the date of the referendum at Gama. So don't expect that to happen. No. He said doing so would put the yes vote at risk. He said it would drag out the campaign. Um Polling about The Voice has been pretty big news this week, actually, Claire. Yeah, it really has. And always take the polls with a grain mm. of salt, just the disclaimer that we have to put on these discussions. But uh, it's not looking particularly great for the Yes campaign at the moment. Interesting to see that Albanese says that he won't talk about it too much just yet. Uh, instead, what the focus is going to be is to really condense that campaign into an election style campaign mm. and really put it into the final five or six weeks before they have that vote. Yeah, that's expected October, November. He's kind of said that that's when it will be. 14 October still seems to be the preferred date. Okay. If that's your, that's your pick? Well, I, the, I was thinking that too, but yeah. let's see. By the time um, you put school holidays, parliament sitting, all the grand finals, football finals, football finals all yeah. that stuff. Yeah. Um, the uh, One of our favourite sports actually is yeah. picking election dates. So <laughs> referendum dates is a new yeah. hobby for us. <laughs> Looking forward to that. Um, so there you go. We're both betting on the 14th of October. 
over. Other things this week, though, the Logies are tomorrow night yep. in Sydney. Cue your Instagram feed full of fashion, oh, yeah. fashion um, whatever it may be. Is it, It's bright colours at the moment, isn't it? Yeah, and lots of metallics as okay. well. So I expect to see a bit of that. Mm. Sam Pang, Claire, is the host. Yeah. I think he's hilarious. So I've ended up watching quite a bit on Channel 7 this week and they are running ads about the Logies and he is hilarious. I think he's going to be really funny. Yeah. The other thing to point out is that Lee Sales is up for a gold Logie yeah. and we know so many squizzers love Lee Sales. Yeah. So I'm sure you've all voted. Yes, I would hope so. <laughs> On Lee's behalf, I think you should if you haven't. Not that we're running a campaign for Lee sales, but kind of are. Yeah, well, exactly. <laughs> like nudge, nudge, we know who we're going for. <laughs> and then when we get into the week, Kate, We've got, of course, the first Tuesday of the month. What's yep. that? It's the RBA rates decision. Yeah, exactly right. So here we go again. Will they? Won't they? Uh, inflation dropped in the last quarter. We talked about that this week. So some are saying no rate hike. We'll just have to wait and see. Of course, Philip Lowe will still do that, though. He has um, obviously yeah. been ousted as the governor. He doesn't wrap up until September. September, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's when Michelle Bullock will come in. Friday, Claire, is International Beer Day. You mm. and I, neither of us really drink that much beer. We're more shandy people, we yeah. decided. Love a shandy. Yeah, on a hot day. On a hot day. You need a refreshing drink. Yeah. A shandy is the way to go. Yeah, at lunchtime particularly. I think that's a really good way to get your alcohol intake without being too heavy. That's true. International Beer Day is next Friday, so you and I. Go and have a shandy. Go and have a shandy. Nice See one. you there. <laughs> Claire, it's a swimming-themed recommendation from me mm. this week. Earlier in the week, I watched The Deepest Breath. It's on Netflix. It's a 90-minute long documentary about free diving. Mm. It's a crazy, dangerous, extreme sport. I mean, guess how far they dive? Like hundreds of metres? It's like I think the female world record is 123 metres yeah. or something. How? Well, and Why? And why, but it's the most amazing documentary yeah. just to see this sport in action. But it's also um, the story of one of the best female free divers mm. um, and a personal story of hers as well. Mm. And I don't want to give anything away because mm. it'll ruin it. It really culminates in a big moment at the end. Um, it's a little bit sad, mm. very moving. Um, and if you love the ocean, it's just beautiful as well. Yeah, I think the why question for me, like you would really need something to drive you, I think, to make that sort of commitment because it is dangerous and it is mm. pretty lonely, I would have thought. And, yeah, people sounds like get, a good one. People get really – what I learned from mm. the documentary is that people – get really addicted to it. Like they just yeah. fall in love with the sport. Is it the chemical rush of starving your brain of oh, oxygen? I don't know. I think it's just, it's incredible. I highly, highly recommend that documentary. Okay. Um, the other thing that I've been doing this week is watching the Swimming World Champs. Mm. Can't not mention it because we have the Paris Olympics next year. Our yeah. swim team is incredible. The race to shout out for me this week was the mm. women's 200 metres. Molly O'Callaghan, an Aussie, mm. took on Ariane Titmus, another Aussie, mm. beat her, broke the world record. It was the most remarkable swim and I've put a link to it in your episode notes. I feel really bad about the swimming this week because the Aussie team has done so well. So well. But the timing of it because it's in Japan has sort of defeated us when it came it's to late. today. It's late. Yeah. And some incredible feats. 
clearly that have been racked up. Yeah. I thought the swimming team was a complete mess, but it seems like we're just killing it. The, well, I mean, world records have been broken. Amazing. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. It's been it's been incredibly entertaining and it took me back to years gone by where we would all watch the swimming. <laughs> we were dominating. Yeah, when we were really dominating. But um, no, our swim team is, is looking really, really good ahead yeah. of the Olympics. Amazing. Um, for me, as I say, I spent a bit of time on Channel 7. Probably <laughs> the one that I was really watching this week that I loved was Finding the Voice, which mm which was the feature-length doco from John Farnham. Um, when I mentioned to Kate that I'd be watching that, her response to me was, oh, yeah, my parents love that. Yeah, which, uh, excuse me, I watched it. <laughs> I was did. so keen. I just didn't realise it was on. Yeah, I know. Yeah. And I'd only seen it because I was watching some news in the morning and saw it promoted. So, uh, yeah, look, really enjoyed it. I mm-hmm. think go to Channel 7 to the app, you'll find it there, you'll be able to watch it for free. It became the most successful Australian documentary when it was in the cinemas over the last few months. So uh, a really interesting story and a couple of things. I think you think you know these people about exactly what their, you know, performance persona is. We're talking about John Farnham, John by Farnham. the way. I don't even know if we've mentioned Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I did mention John okay. Farnham. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, first, just how long he hung in there to make it. Yeah. it took, and we're not talking like he had a, a few years really good or- career. 20 years yeah. it took him to go from one stage to the next and they ran out of money, they had kids, he had to support, you know, his family mm. and he was going nowhere for a really long time but they hung in there and he had people who clearly believed in him, which was incredible. Yeah. Um. The second thing, his personal ups and downs. I think I had in my head this very, you know, brash, jocular kind of Aussie bloke Um actually quite a sensitive character. Yeah. Um, he I does have bouts of depression, yeah. um, those disappointments in his career, but still finding the resilience to hang in there. I thought it was really lovely to see that he's actually humble and mm. really uncomfortable with his whole fame. I agree. And clearly very, very dedicated to the craft yes. of it and to like blinkers on with everything yeah. else, not much into yeah. the money making, not no. much into the all the other things no. that come with it. He let other people do that for him and he just wanted to sing songs. Yeah, and um, entertain a crowd. And entertain a crowd and, mm. and sh- that he surely does. Mm. Um, I mean, he's the voice, that song yeah. is, you know, Still Every incredible. generation loves that song. Yeah. Um, it is really worth a watch. Funny experience to watch things with ads in it. Yeah, but, I know. You know. I thought that too. <laughs> <laughs> I actually have been watching something on Binge as well and the ads have been coming on because ah, I haven't been paying um, for the full subscription and it it's okay. Yeah, it's I actually, get my head around it. It's kind of fine. It's fine. Yeah. It's a good chance to get up and make a cup of tea. It's, it's okay. Exactly. Um, good to hear also from his family, John Farnham's family, that he's cancer-free. So yeah. we might be seeing him again. Indeed. Well done to them. On to Squiz Press. Just a very quick Squiz Press from us today about Squiz Shortcuts. We have so many out at the moment that are really topical. You and I did one on the Com Games, Claire. Yep. Um, but if you've been listening to Saturday Squiz, you probably got that covered potentially. The one you and Alex did on the actor's strike in Hollywood was much needed for me. Yeah, and I think I'd got my head around it being a pay dispute. I hadn't got my head around the intricacies of the conversation around artificial intelligence and exactly what that's all about. Mm. So it was a really good one for me personally to get through. I found it really interesting. Go the nanny, hey? Yeah. 
the nanny. Amazing. <laughs> Fran Drescher, you need to get in and work it all out. So have a <laughs> look at that. If you don't know what we're talking about, yeah. listen to the shortcut. She features heavily in it. There was also one um, a week ago on China's economic slowdown. That's a whole thing. Yeah, so we've just talked about exactly what's happening with China and the region. This is all interconnected. So mm. the idea with shortcuts is it gives you just a little bit more background so you can put the pieces together. Dive in on the weekend. Yeah, squeeze shortcuts. Wherever you get your podcast, NATO and Ukraine, there's one in there on that relationship. Also, wherever you get your podcast, Squeeze Shortcuts is available and also in your episode notes. We'll be back next week.